This is Molly Holly, and you're listening to Pro Wrestling for Life. Welcome to Pro Wrestling for Life, everybody. I'm your host, two-time WWE Hall of Famer, X-Pac. Joining me right now is my co-host, Nick Houseman. Hey, Nick. Hello, Sean. How are Hello, you? Hello, yes. Who are we? Yeah, I know. I'm just waiting for the signal to go bad because, like, this is take three, everybody. <laughs> Nick hates it when I do this, but, like, it's take three. Hopefully, third time's a charm. We can get this thing nice and smooth. Yeah, they haven't got to hear the, the fantastic uh, witty banter that's lost forever. You forever. Know? Yeah. You know, because forever. Whatever. Hey, it doesn't matter, Sean. Uh, I would climb through 500 yards of shitty Wi Fi connection to do this show. I would Shawshank Redemption the show all day long, man. So it's not a big deal. Um, we got a great show here today, Sean. Uh, we're going to welcome on Molly Holly here in a little yeah. bit. Great, great conversation with Molly. Uh, you're going to welcome on Sam Roberts here in just a little bit. You guys are going to talk about uh, your awesome ladder match against Eddie Guerrero from the not-so-awesome WCW sold-out 1997 pay-per-view, which historically, when on Wrestle Crap Tattitude levels, I think yeah. that's the word, um, the pay-per-view not <laughs> wonderful. I had the I had the best match on the worst pay-per-view of all time. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. You and Eddie tore the house down in this ladder match. And so Sam is gonna come in here and he's gonna talk to you all about this ladder match and just kind of in general about WCW sold out nineteen ninety seven, which mm-hmm. again was like a train wreck. So whatever. Yeah. You know, we'll get yeah. to that. I'm I'm sure Sam when he decided on the topic, I'm sure he didn't he didn't realize there was going to be that much of a story behind it. Uh, you know, but that's the thing is you get a good qualified professional in here. They have good insight. They know they know their subject. You pick good topics, and that's what Sam yeah. did here. Oh, yeah. so, um, and then the end of the show, you're going to play your latest game show with a couple fans who are, by the way, Patreon subscribers. So if you want to play in the games, go become a Patreon subscriber. You get the full version of the Molly Holly interview and all the other interviews we do. But the game that they're going to end the show with here today is called Mortal Kombat or Monday Night Raw, a game I invented because I, I didn't think people would be able to tell the difference between lines of dialogue between the two and because I saw you tweeted that you really like Mortal Kombat. So. Yeah, I did. I did. Yeah. But like, I, I'm not like a big, huge Mortal Kombat geek or anything like that. Um, so when I tweeted that, you know, of course, people went in on me. Oh, there was four. Which one? Da, 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 da. Just ripping it apart, you know, and I'm like the 95 and the 2021, you know, those ones. But I like the old school. Anyways, who cares? It's it was just for the sake of the game. Yeah. yeah. No, well, sake yeah. of the game, it made me laugh because I know that you liked Mortal Kombat. A lot of people really like Mortal Kombat. Yeah. I thought it was a beautiful film, yeah. but it was written by like a 12 year old. Like that was not that was not the best writing I think that I've ever heard in a film. So I was like, it was like other things that I. I've, I enjoyed about it. Like I wasn't really like honing in on, you know, like, was it masterful storytelling? Was it, it was, it was just, it was, you know, uh, it was pleasant for the eyes. There were some nice fight scenes and things like that. And like, I'm a big Mortal Kombat fan from the 1995 version, because I don't know if you remember this guy. Um, he used to be kind of like the ringside doctor sort of during the attitude era, Francois Petit. 
Okay. And he he was sub zero in Mortal Kombat in the ninety five one. Yeah, yeah, he was amazing. I used to go like I used to train under him. I used to train under him out in out in L.A. Uh, out here in L.A. Yeah, because he would teach at Gold's Gym Venice. He was great. Wait, wait, wait. The guy who was sub zero in Mortal Kombat ninety five was the ringside physician for WWF. Yeah, I mean, he was a licensed physician, like, but he was the guy that was down there in the middle of everything. And he used to be our kind of like, he was a shiatsu guy. And so like, he would work on all of us, you know, like, um, it would be like, a, like a massage, but even more, you know, more, it's a lot more to it than just massage. Uh, but anyways, like, yeah, he was there with us every week. I feel like that's got a Vince may have had an itchy finger and been like, wait, we have sub zero. Maybe we could use this guy. I don't know. Yeah, no, no, you never would have known. Yeah, <laughs> but so yeah, there's a little tidbit for you there. All right. Well, look, it never stopped. Insight. Um. So yeah, we got a, we got a loaded show. Mortal Kombat game at the end of the show. Uh. You know, let's just get to it here. This week in wrestling. Um. I want to start off here. You know, we've had Lex Luger on. We've had Ric Flair on the show so far. Obviously, an yeah. horseman. Um. You, we've talked at length about you know your work with the horsemen already in the short yeah. history of the show. But uh, Steve Mongo McMichael from here in my backyard in Chicago, he's suffering from ALS. I just didn't know if you wanted to, to send out any kind words or, or talk just a bit about, you know, what it was like for you to work with, with Mongo. I mean, it was just so hard to read that story and see that and see how, see how Steve looks now. And, um, you know, I see, I remember Steve, even before the horseman and WCW and, his doing the, the uh, color commentary with this little dog, Fifi or, or food, any, whatever. I can't, what's that? I think it was Peppy. Peppy. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, during all that stuff with LT and Bam Bam for WrestleMania uh, 11. Yeah. You know, they had all the football players involved in that. And, and Mongo, that's the first time Mongo, uh, I remember coming around wrestling. Like he had this big pull apart brawl with, uh, with the Godfather when, when he was still Kama, the ultimate yep. fighting machine. Yeah. Like we had TV in Stockton, California. And uh and they had this big pull apart. Like, and it was, you know, two big old badasses, like really going like, I mean, they weren't trying to hurt each other, but you know, they were both from different worlds, and you know, neither one of them wanted to look bad. So, you know, it was quite interesting. Okay. Yeah. Man, that's wild, man. Cause yeah, you know, a lot of people obviously, like I started with the horseman stuff would immediately jump to Mongo and, and the work he did with the briefcase and everything like that. But yeah, you're, I think it was, uh, cause they were going into WrestleMania 10, right? Yeah. And, 11. Yeah, uh, well, oh yeah. yeah. All right. But, uh, LT obviously was, you know, very physically in a match, but Mongo was really the only other football player that, you know, showed an interest in getting physical in that way. If I'm not too mistaken during that period. So, uh, it may, that makes sense. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but that makes sense, you know, yeah. and just, so, like, I was already familiar with him, and I, you know, we kind of knew each other a little bit just because of that sh- little short thing he did, WWF. And so, when I finally got to WCW, man, like, it was, you know, I mean, people, yeah, you know, people will make jokes or whatever because some, like, some of the stuff is kind of rough around the edges, to you know, to to be nice about it. But people loved him. People loved Mongo, and. uh you know, everyone just knew he was tough, you know, and uh, he just, he was so authentic. And I've said this a bunch of times already about him, uh, but um, 
I really like, and I'm not just saying this right now. Like, if you go back for a while, uh, anything I've ever said about Mongo, I always talked about how much I really enjoyed working with him. Yeah, really, because um, you know, I understood his limitations, and and I worked around that, and we did some good stuff because. You know, uh, Denise brought up in, in last week's show, you know, the War Games 97. And I did some great stuff. Like, some of the best stuff in that whole match was me and Mongo. So, yeah. 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 And so I just loved, I loved that guy. And um, it's been about a year and a half or two years, maybe a little longer, but uh, a football player named Gilbert Brown had this charity event. And it wasn't far. It was like, it was somewhere in Wisconsin. And so I came in for it and Mongo was there and he still looked great. He still looked great, man. It was great seeing him. And I was, you know, uh, you know, uh, it was one of those things where, Hey man, it's so happy to see you. It's so happy to see you still alive. Like, and vice versa, you know, because so, and it was true, man. It was so good to see him. And I just, I'm, I'm so heartbreak, heartbroken by this, man. Like I reached out to Gilbert, to Gilbert Brown, and like just I was like, man, man, I can't, I couldn't stop crying for a while. Be hundred percent honest with you, so hard, man, to see that because it could be me, it could be a lot of my friends, you know, because who knows why, like why he has that or what caused it. Yeah, man, you and, know? and I obviously didn't know Mongo like you did, but to kind of just show, you know, people like how much Mongo really did love wrestling. He has a restaurant here out in Romeoville. Uh, Illinois, which is not far outside Chicago, called Mongo's. Very original. Yeah. Um, or I think it's called McMichael's. But um, we would go there after shows, and he would be there just like some nights, because it'd be like Saturday nights, and he would just hold court with yeah. like, indie wrestlers. You know? Yep. I had a, I had a buddy, uh, Robert Ego Anthony, who's wrestled for, for AEW here recently. He shared a story where he was just like, I remember sitting at the bar and showing Mongo a highlight reel of his own botches. Yeah. He just laughed and he loved that. And they like, were great. Yeah. You know, like was, that Mongo, that, that Twitter account that would post all the botches. Like people are, some people hit him, hit him up. Like after the news came out, I'm like, don't you feel bad now? But like, don't like, he wasn't doing that out of malice. Like, like he loved Mongo too. The, the best, the last Mongo thing here. Cause I know there's, one or two of the things we were to touch on, but like I only ever wrestled one match. It was against Ash. Yeah. On. And uh, I was very nervous and I walked to Gorilla or what we had with Gorilla at the show. And I didn't know he was going to be there. And out of nowhere, as I'm walking over, Mongo's standing there, ready to go out. I didn't even know he was there. And he looks me up and down and I'm wearing this ridiculous multicolored robe. And he's like, man, you look like a heel. I was like, thank you. I am a heel. That's a wonderful compliment. And then he walked out and he announced his candidacy for mayor of Romeoville, Illinois. And it was just, yeah, dude. Did he and actually run? He ran. He did. I don't think he won, but like, how could he not win? I dude, it was just like, he showed up to the show, I guess like during the first half. Cause yeah. my match was like the top, it was the opener for the second half. And he was like, I'd like to announce my mayoral campaign here. If you guys will give me the microphone. Cause it was like a big show. And it was like, <laughs> Yeah, and send him to Gorilla. They're like, figure and so I didn't know what was going on. I was like already and very intense, and yeah, he he just came out, and that was it. That was my Mongo story. 
Right on. And he, you know, like you talk about him holding court and, and, and all of that. And that's why he was perfect for, for wrestling. Because yeah. those, like the, you know, the guys like Kurt Hennig, like I could name guys like that, that when they walk into a place, they, I mean, people just gravitate towards them, you know? And because of that, they're holding court and it's just, it's fun to be around them. And, you know, like you could, you could feed off that energy, man. And yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Hey, Mongo, man, I love you very much. Love you very much, man, if you see this. Uh, Well, pivoting a little bit um, to some more business, the business stuff, we got some non-WWE news. Uh, Our friends over at MLW, uh, huge news. Uh, They've signed with Vice TV. They're going to be rolling out new content, or not new content, archive content starting this Saturday. And then I think the plan here is by the end of the summer to be touring again, to be producing new shows and putting out new content on vice tv and it sounds like um paired with dark side of the ring you know the new season's coming out yeah. uh, they'll be doing stuff co- going in and i would imagine coming out of dark side of the ring what, what do you think about this new partnership sean seems like a good fit you know um and and uh, there's you know one thing i like about mlw is like like I, you're not confusing mlw with impact or AEW. they have their own their own talent like there's zero brand confusion as far as I'm concerned. Um, you know, uh, they're real smart and, and doing whatever they had to do to keep, uh, you know, guys like Hammerstone and, you know, Jacob Fatu. And, um, and so they must be making those guys happy. Good for them, man. And uh, um, it just seems like a good fit. I, you know, since, since Vice was doing the dark side of the ring stuff already, it just seemed like, oh, why don't they have, you know, Add a little bit more wrestling content to their network. Yeah, no, a lot of fans have been saying that. And the big thing for me, too, is you mentioned some great names, Hammerstone and Fatu. Awesome, right? They're blue yeah. chip. But the Von Erics. I mean, that's who I was going to get to, man. The Von Erics, because the highest rated, or I think one of the highest rated Dark Side of the Rings episodes ever was the last Von Eric. And it featured Ross and Marshall with their dad. And so there's like this real natural tie in already. I know Court was really loyal. He's been really loyal and tight with the Von Erics. I think this is maybe a long play he's had in mind. I think he kind of saw where this was all going to fit together. So I think it's, dude, I mean, how could, how could you not be excited about this? Everybody loves dark side. And I'm hoping too, that MLW gets some money here. Yes. Go out, get some production stuff, do some live TV. That would, that I think would really sure. bring a lot of product. Sure. You know? Yeah. That's the one thing I'm wondering is, uh, n- um, their production values are fine for, for what they've been doing so far, but I'm wondering, um, I wonder if that's going to change now that they're with vice. I wonder if that, if like there was talk of that or, or if they're just happy with it, how it is. Cause I mean, it's just fine how it is, but you know, uh, it would be even cooler with some upgraded production values. Yeah. And, and I'll put over to, uh, uh, they have a new commentator, Ray Flores, um, who's from my backyard here in Chicago, but he just did commentary. He was play-by-play for the Triller Fight Club thing with Snoop Dogg. Okay. And so it was Ray and Snoop calling the Jake Paul-Ben Askren fight. And um, Ray's signed on for the next year. And, I mean, he just looks like money. Like, Ray is like one of those guys, three-piece suit. You know, that's a money guy right there. Um, and his voice is great. And he worked as a manager here on the Indies, too, with me. So, But that was years ago. Yeah. But just kind of bringing in, you know, you talk about the pieces, the wrestlers, I think court's doing a good job of kind of flushing out the the spaces around it too. I think he's got a real good team over there at the moment. 
I don't think I, I think a lot of people don't understand how important having the good uh, announce team is. You know, oh. they talk. You know, was, everyone's so focused on the talent and all that, but they're talent too. You know, so I mean, and yeah, that's hugely important. Dude, I started doing commentary here for Warrior Wrestling in Chicago, and I was really lucky to have Rich Bikini, who did commentary oh, yeah. for MLW, you know, as like a mentor and teaching me this. But, dude, it's like being the place kicker, man. Like, if something doesn't work, doesn't go wrong, it's just like the easiest thing for fans to uh, to go after the commentator. So, honestly, like when I finish a show now and nobody's talking about me, I'm like, wonderful. I've done a great job. Yes. Here. <laughs> you know? Nobody yeah. noticed me in and out. Yeah. Hey, is there anything else, uh, any other details, you know, about, about the deal with, with Vice? I'm, I'm trying to think. Uh, I mean, I kind of hit all the, the big, the big okay. stuff. I mean, a lot of it is really just the tie-in. I mean, the new Dark Side season coming out, they just put out the, the, the full episode list here. Uh, you know, Pillman, Nick Gage, Collision in Korea, Ultimate Warrior, Grizzly Smith, Dynamite Kid, Johnny K-9. Wow, Grizzly Smith. Yeah, Grizzly Smith's got an episode. Oh. Yeah. Sean doesn't know all the episodes yet, by the way. I'm, I don't, I told yeah. What if I'd read them on the air? I mean, uh, I've so- heard I've, I've I've heard rumor of a few like subjects that they're trying to do a whole episode on. But... Okay, uh, yeah. Johnny Stein, uh, the WWF steroid trials, uh, FMW, Luna Vachon, XPW, Chris Canyon, and then of course the plane ride from hell is going to get yeah. sixty minutes of, of television time. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Yep. So, you know, but that's yeah, the thing. They re- hey, look, they re- I'm not going to lie. They reached out to me. I just, you know, I just decided, eh, maybe not a good idea. If I went on there. <laughs> yeah, well, but I mean, dude, they, they got Steve Austin this season. I mean, yeah. these are big. I mean, this is going to be a real big season for them. And I think the MLW stuff playing off this season is just going to be good for MLW. And Dark Side will be what it is. Um, but the last thing I want to ask you about here, man, uh, Daniel Bryan. He's out there publicly talking about how his WWE contract's up. He did a WrestleMania weekend Q&A where he yeah. said that he'd like to wrestle outside of WWE while also still wrestling for WWE if possible. So he still wants to wrestle. He just, you know, feel a little, and, cake, you know. And, you know, and that's smart of him because he's trying to preserve his relationship with the company. And, you know, and, and still be able to go out there and, and do things to satisfy himself at this stage of his life and career, you know? Um, and I think it would behoove the company to let him do that. Honestly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm not saying, Hey, go ahead and go main event on AEW's pay-per-view or something like that. But like, if you want to go off and do his own, own thing and even produce it himself or, you know, uh, I don't know. I just, I good for him. Yeah, I mean, and AEW's kind of shown that the the North American New Japan relationship can work, right? Like, it seems yeah. like you can kind of put a little distance there. I don't know. I think you're right about AEW, maybe, maybe Ring of Honor, but I definitely think if Dana Bryan wants to go over to Japan, this pandemic's over, and do some, like, really intense, you know, New Japan-style, strong-style bouts, because obviously he can do that. I just think it makes him look cooler, and I think it would, you know, make some – bring some brand value back to WWE for letting them kind of do something like that. You know, maybe so, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe so. All right, everyone joining us right now. One of my favorite people in the entire industry. Uh, she is now a WWE hall of famer. Very well deserved. Ladies and gentlemen, 
Molly, Holly. Hi. Hey. Molly and I are connected. We have, we have the Malenko connection and also the Minnesota connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Very, very true. Um, well, with the WCW stuff, why, why did, because you were getting kind of over there. You like transitioned over into the Demona stuff. Like why did, why did it not work out? How did you even wind up over at WWE kind of deal? Um, well, Macho Man had left, either left WCW or just stopped going. I'm not sure. Like <laughs> I, I was, I was brought on by Macho Man and then, and then all of a sudden he wasn't there. And so yeah. they were looking at me like, wait a minute, you're like Macho Man's friend and he's not here. So what are we doing with you again? So they just didn't issue the second year of my contract. There wasn't a women's division. I wasn't like in with anybody. Nobody said, oh, I want her as my manager. <laughs> you know, like, right. so, so I just, I was at the power plant. So they pretty much what they did is they brought me to the power plant. I trained a bunch of the nitro girls. And then I just did squats with Palumbo and Jindrak and Alan Funk and Elix Skipper and like Romeo. Like we just, I just hung out at the power plant and worked out all the, I did squats <laughs> all day. So, <laughs> so finally, after doing that for like six months, uh, JJ Dillon called me and he's like, yeah, we're not going to issue your second year of your contract. And I said, oh, when can I go try to work somewhere else? And he's like, where? I'm like, WWF? And he's like, oh, I guess you can right now. And so the next week I got a job. At the of WWF. course you did. <laughs> you know, like, what might have thought that you ended up uh, having your contract, you know, absorbed by WWE when they bought WCW, but that wasn't the case. You were already there, right? I was already there. Yeah. yeah. I would say I was there for maybe like nine months or so, maybe even a year, but yeah. not, I mean, but yes, before WCW folded, I did go to WWF. And you know what I, I what I think about I think about your look and like the persona you you had in WCW is totally different than than the WWE one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when when Macho Man gave me this gimmick of like a beauty queen thing, he's like, I know it's been done before, but whatever, we'll just f- figure it out, you know. So yeah. I he knew it wasn't like a great fit for me. It wasn't original. It was just. But it was a good put, fit for him, though. It was a good fit for him. Yeah. And so to have, be surrounded by some flashy ladies, you know, like brought up his, whether it's like youthfulness or his, yeah. whatever makes him cool, you know? Yes. So, yeah, so it worked out. Um, But I was totally, well, when I first talked to Jim Ross about, he offered me, Jim Ross offered me a developmental contract at WWE. He's during the meeting. He's like, you know, a lot of the ladies uh, start out as one of the Godfather's hoes. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> like yeah, that, I I I'm sure it was a different crazy. time. <laughs> so I was like inside. I was like, oh, I hope that that's not what I do on the show. Oh. Um, and I think Dean Malenko actually stuck up for me and was like, no, I think you're role. You know, so I did have some advocates that were um just gently Ooh. trying to make sure I got steered in a direction that that would bring me joy instead of. Uh, embarrassment i can't even imagine <laughs> i can't even imagine i don't think i can imagine you you know agreeing to it like i mean would you have what would you have done if you if you actually were faced with that decision so if you rewind vince russo had come to wcw and he was changing the way the show was run there was a lot of like hot lesbian action and some all this like other yeah. like really edgy stuff but 
Um, Very nice I, way of putting it. <laughs> I had um, been asked to do something that I, so I said, doesn't that seem like sexual assault? And he, him and the other writers, whatever, like looked at me like, what are you talking about? I'm like, you know, when you like tear someone's clothes off without their permission and humiliate them, doesn't that seem like, <laughs> like bad? And they're all looking at me like, well, you're not really sexually assaulting her. It's just a TV show. You're just betraying it. Yeah. Yeah. And Medusa's like, I don't care. You can wear my clothes off. And I was like, oh, like, so there were times where I felt like, wait a minute. Like, I do want to be a pro wrestler, but I don't really want to portray a sex offender. So I don't know. It was. Well, was definitely... I can't imagine why. It's just a work. <laughs> it's just a TV show. <laughs> so that's what yeah, I don't it, like about that. Isn't that it was, excuse? It, there were definitely stressful moments throughout my entire career where, yeah. where I had to like navigate. How do I still do this without hating hating it? Oh yeah, yeah. Wow. That's crazy. I mean, like just considering where we're at right now, you know, I almost wish we could like teleport you twenty years in the future, you know, so you could uh, could enjoy what's going on at the moment, you know. Yeah, you I try instead of having like a bunch of resentments, like. Oh, I only had four minute matches and it was all this diva stuff. Like I try to think about the positive that, that really, because I did have shorter matches and because I did more, you know, acting stuff or whatever, my body is like good. Like I didn't yeah. have to do 45 minute broadways off ladders and cages and things where my body got wrecked. So I thought like, oh, it was kind of good that I still got to wrestle. Obviously I got to be in the hall of fame, which is awesome. But, um, but I didn't have to really put my body through all the stuff that, that the top guys had to do. Hey, Molly, how did you make it through that through your run, not just in WWE, but the business in general, like considering the things we're talking about and the things we're not talking about. Right. Uh, with, you know, with still like, you know, um, that thing intact that you had when you got into the business. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I, I, I referred to you like, Nick brought it up in an interview in the past. Like, you're a saint in the wrestling business. I've said that in the past. Um, and, and it was true. It really was. You know, considering where we all were, like, as a product and just, like, where I'm just thinking about where my mind was at the time, the things that were acceptable to me. Sure. You know, and I'm just like, how'd you do it? Yeah, honestly, the fact that I had, like, a deep spiritual faith before I got into wrestling was super helpful and that I've always valued um, a community of people that were encouraging and uplifting. And so no matter where I lived or how, how I was traveling, I tried to stay connected to like my faith community. So yeah. for a while, there was a Tuesday night church group for young adults. And it was perfect because I flew home Tuesday morning. So I take yeah. a nap and then I get up and go to my church group on Tuesday nights. And it would kind of like refill me with some positivity or refill me yeah. with some purpose. Um, because if I if I didn't have that, it definitely would have sucked all the life out of me. Yeah, I mean, I don't mean to like, I don't mean to just you know totally demonize the you know everything from from that era. But I mean, there there was some darkness, you know. I mean, there right. really was, and, I and mean, I, there was some great stuff too. Right, and I don't think it's just pro wrestling. I think that like yeah. that sex, drugs, and rock and roll, the whole like show business sure. lifestyle is where you know, there are, there is an underbelly to it. There is a dark side to it. And so even though I had some, some regrets, I mean, are kind enough not to out me on things that I've done that were selfish or terrible or whatever, because I am a human being. I certainly yeah. have done things that I wish I would not have done in my lifetime. Sure. Um, but I, I feel like that 
whenever I would reconnect with my faith community, it just helped me like reshift my focus. Like, oh, my value as a human is not directly related to my popularity on TV. Like yeah. that's because it can get, that's how I would get sucked in is like believing that if the head, head of the, the wrestling world said I wasn't good enough that, oh, I'm not good enough. And so right. I just had to always reshift my focus to, to connect with people that live a more well-balanced life <laughs> to help keep me my brain in check. Yeah. Yeah. You're way different than all the other wrestlers. You're too normal. Uh, it's crazy, right? It's uh, <laughs> uh, so weird. Anyway, uh, on a more positive note, I mean, you're Molly Holly, right? Everybody got to know you because you got made cousins with the Hollies, right? Bob. Mm -hmm. and so you dodge being a hoe, which is great. And you wind up being Molly Holly. How does, how does that kind of come about with Bob and crash? Well, I, um, had been hired under developmental. I'd also done their um, like Memphis territory. Um, so I, I got to hang out with Ronnie Killings and um, Brian Kendrick and uh, and Brian Danielson. It was like a really fun crew. And so then they started to bring me to TVs just to do dark matches with like Jacqueline or Ivory or whoever to kind of see where I would fit in. And then I was backstage one day and Dave Hebner comes up to me and he says, Molly Holly. And I was like, I don't know what that is. And he's like, Molly Holly. And I was just like, I don't know what you're saying. And then maybe like two minutes later, Stephanie McMahon comes over and she goes, we got this idea that you would look really good with the Holly cousins. So we're going to call you Molly Holly. And I was like, oh, that's what Dave was talking about. He just knew before I knew. So um, so they just picked it for me, I think, because we had blonde hair and Bob was actually out on an injury. So I think it gave some, you know, for Crash to have like a partner. Um I, I guess that's why they chose it, but uh, but I'm happy that they did because it was really great working. It was really good stuff. I I really liked, you know, the chemistry you and Crash. Like Crash Holly was a was a great character. I thought. Oh yeah, you know? and I liked that I could kind of like play off of him. You know, if I can see someone to like copy or to know like what. Anyway, so it was he he was nice enough to include me in all the action and let me like yeah. kind of copy his costumes or copy his antics, and and the fans loved it. Oh yeah. Yeah. And Bob is a very scary, tough man. Right? <laughs> well, Bob's always been very, very nice to me. I know he can, he can play the, the tough guy. Um, but thankfully for me, he always treated me really good. So I'm a huge, Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Sean. No, 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 please. Well, I was gonna say, I'm a huge Shakespeare nerd. And like, I was researching you before we, we did this interview and I was reminded of how you had the Spike Dudley romance. It was like two houses divided and i know i sound like a huge nerd saying that but i mean how much fun was it for you to kind of get to play around in that space with all those characters right then oh it was awesome to even be involved in any kind of a storyline is so huge like it's it's not very i mean it's still fun to be on sunday night heat but to be thrown in a situation where you're just doing a four minute match for no reason it's like oh but they want to do so much more and so then when they Put me in this storyline with spike where we're like have this like disney romance you know we like each other and it's all sweet and innocent. it was like, really Bye. it was really cool <laughs> i loved it and spike yeah. super nice and like a good person to be paired up with you know you don't want to be paired up with some creeper who's gonna take advantage of the situation you know so he was very great to work with and it worked out awesome that the dudleys were so popular so then it kind of like brought up my popularity just being in the the skits with them yeah, I was a huge fan of that. Spike Dudley was just so much fun, right? He's a really nice, he's like you. He's like just a really nice, normal guy, I think, out on the East Coast now. So, hey, really, the, the stuff with Hurricane was really great, too. 
Oh yeah. Shane was another one who I was really glad to be paired up with. Now we were friends in WCW. So it was nice that I already knew him. We already had a friendship oh, cool. and, um, and then of course his popular, his popularity was more than mine. So that kind of like brought me up. And plus I, I love cheesy comedy yeah. campy type stuff. Like I'm not a gifted actress by any means, but if I can do something goofy, it like it to me, it, that makes it fun. I wasn't as big a fan of it at the time, not to make this about me, but like looking back on it, I was stupid. Like that, that stuff was great. Well, I think like, I, I don't know a... if it was just a, the, the comic book thingy. Like, I don't know. I was something wrong with me at the time. That was, well, no, I think that it's good if the show has like yeah. some serious tough guys and some comedy and some dark, you know, like scary characters or so I think it's good to have a, a wide variety on the, on the show. Oh, for sure. For sure. What, what was y'all's relationship like, by the way? Like, I, I mean, I don't, I didn't find a whole lot of you two like working together. I just didn't know what your friendship level was like. Me and Hurricane? No, you and Sean Waltman. Oh, oh. I feel. You mean feel at like the time? You... Yeah. Oh, we just saw each other in passing. Like, we weren't like so, great friends or anything, were we? Like... So backstage, like the big stars all hang out. And then the curtain jerkers like myself all hang out. And so honestly, Sean's like way up with like the mega stars. And so he'd be someone I'd be intimidated to like say anything more than hi to. And we've really only become better friends after I left yeah. wrestling. So it's just, I mean, maybe I could walk up to any big star and be like, oh, hi, Hulk Hogan, let's be friends. But like, I just, I don't know. I always felt better with like the referees and the stagehands. <laughs> Yeah, I just don't, I don't remember having that that many actual interactions with you, but I always kept my eye on you, and I always, you know, it was always obvious, like the type of person you were, and it used to just I used to just be amazed at it, you know, Aww, like the things I would hear and everything. And I mean, God, it sure is <laughs> it sure is nice to have somebody like that around, like that we could say we at least have somebody like that in a locker room. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> You did you did great with the, the Holly stuff and then in the Mighty Molly stuff and then they kind of start to position you more as like a champion right like you move into the women's championship picture what uh what would, you, you talk about being intimidated by big characters what was your relationship like with Vince like what were the conversations you were having with him at the time I didn't have any conversations with Vince uh, the only conversation I've had with Vince in my entire career was when I asked to be released from my contract early. <laughs> It's the only time I've ever said more than hello to him. So my my the way that I got hired was through Jim Ross. And then throughout my time there, I would talk with the writers or head of talent relations, but I didn't really have any conversations with Vince. Um, so it was a big deal for me to walk into his office and, and ask to tell him thank you for everything and that I'd like to close my chapter of pro wrestling. Um, but yeah, so I ha I haven't... I wouldn't say that I have like a friendship with him or anything. I mean, I'm, I, he shook my hand at the hall of fame oh, and I took my picture with him and he was very nice. Um, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> hey Molly. Um, you know, for some reason I wasn't surprised that you were the, you were the one they talked into uh, shaving their head. Like that's not, you're not the first person they tried to get a uh, woman. They tried to get to shave their head. Uh, Tori, the Tori that was with me when I was oh yes Tori Park yeah uh -huh. they tried to get her to shave her head too she's like no <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, I was happy to do it, honestly. It seemed and like you were just fine with it. I Yeah. I, and really, if it was a common hairstyle for girls, that's the hairstyle I would have right now. Mm. Like, I loved it, personally. Um, I remember that as we were talking about storylines, we had thought, oh, what if um, that I'm supposed to get my head shaved because I lose, but then I knock Victoria out and shave her head. And Victoria was like, no uh, way. I'm not right. getting my head shaved. But yeah, I, I didn't mind. How, how was it for you after having kind of been through everything you'd been in the business to to finally get those moments where you got to have these these championship matches? I mean, you had classics with Lita and Trish and, and everything. That was a really that was a great couple year run you had there as a singles. Well, they they just kept hiring more solid girls. And the ones that were already there were like determined to put on good matches. Fit Finley got put with us as an agent and he wanted to make sure that we had matches, even though they might have been a shorter time frame. He wanted to make sure that they were just as good as the guys and everybody was on board. I mean, whether it was Gail Kim, Jazz, I mean, a great crew. And I felt so blessed that, that I got to be a part of that because when I first got hired, there wasn't a lot happening, but Trish was a huge part in um, like building it up because even though she was newer to wrestling, she could sell. I mean, she just knew how to have that like charisma, that extra thing that drew the fans in and it created interest. And the more interest they thought, oh, let's give the girls more time or let's hire another girl. And, and it just really started to build. So I, I was loving it. No matter who I could it's like a whiteboard with your name on who you're going to be wrestling that night. And no matter which girl it was, I knew it was going to be great because they were all talented. Even if they put me with like uh, Terry Reynolds or Stacy Keebler or something, they still were like really focused on making it good and just, and they were okay with risking their bodies and they're like, oh my, let's just do it. And even if I don't know how to fall right, I'll risk right. getting hurt because we want it to be good. And, and so, uh, yeah, it was a great season for me. Hey Molly, can we, can we put over Dave uh, Finley for a little bit and like oh. how important he, he's been to yes. women's wrestling? Oh my gosh. So I'm not going to throw, okay, before Fit Finley became our agent, they had tried out a few other agents and I'm not going to name names, but there is an old school wrestler whom I love as a person who got tried out as one of our agents and no lie. He's like, all right, why don't we do this spot where like you put your face in Trish Stratus's boobs and you go, mm. you know, and I was like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? Like this, this is like, are we rewinding time? No, no, we're moving forward. Like it was awful. And I thought this is, this is not going to work out. So, so I actually told, it was John Laurinaitis at the time that had just stepped into the talent relations role. And I was like, this guy's going to get in trouble for sexual harassment. I'm like, he does not mean any harm. He's just thinking like, like he's never seen our show before. He doesn't even know what we can do. And so that's when he brought in uh, Fit Finley to see like, oh, we'll give Fit Finley a try. And it was awesome. I mean, Fit was like, and then he can rip her head off with yeah. this. And then he can, you know, like throw her over the top row. But he was just like excited about us just, you know, making it happen. And getting, you know, it, it totally changed what we were allowed to do and how like how i guess how it all worked it went from yeah. you know it just brought it to the next level of intensity and we just wanted to suck all of his knowledge and all of his you know he's such a tough guy and he just helped us become tough women yeah he did and, and like for anyone like anyone that's ever been in a ring with fit will tell you he's like one of the all-time great in the history of wrestling you know, I mean, even if some fans don't realize that, like, amazing, like, really one of the greatest. And, like, he was a champion 
for the, for the ladies. And that was such a huge, huge thing. Yeah, it's funny because when I was in WCW, he worked there. He had a long mullet. And yeah. um, I was scared to death of him. I was like, that is a real life, like tough guy. And I was so scared. And then here later, you know, he becomes our advocate. And I'm like, I love this guy. So I thought, oh, maybe I could have even been absorbing his information back in WCW, but I was like too intimidated. So I kind of wish I could have rewinded um, back to then. But yeah, he he really brought all the women to the next level. And I know you didn't you didn't get it. You were gone uh, by the time. But but Triple H has been uh, like his mentality on how to how to use the women. His his mentality is you just use them the same as you do the guys. They're not like some like sideshow like like you know um, like the, the the minis like you know you know it used to be there never was a roster of women. Sure. It used to be okay if you had like a one woman champ you would bring one woman in at a time to work with her. There wasn't like you didn't even need a women's locker room, right? Right. Yeah, I've been on many a show, especially on the indies, where it was like a mixed tag where I'd be with a little person, me and little yes. little person versus another lady and a little person, you know, and then. That was like the comedy act or the, yeah, exactly. like the sideshow. Yeah. What was, uh, you know, I, you, you've mentioned, uh, you, you framed it, by the way, the first time I've ever heard a woman uh, of that era uh, be like, that's sexual assault, that's sexual harassment. And I'm hard to argue with you about a lot of those things. What was your relationship like with the other women in the locker room that were willing to do things that you yourself were not like kind of willing to do? I didn't have any beef with them. I thought, hey, everybody's has different dreams or goals or perspectives or yes. you know like it did not bother me at all like i had no hard feelings about somebody like oh no i love doing the um mud wrestling or whatever it's like hey if the fans are entertained and the girls are having a good time that's awesome you know like i've ha i never had any problem with any of the girls yeah yeah you never came off as like okay you came off as such a good pure person but like you never came off judgmental you didn't walk around like you know, like you're better than anyone else. It was nothing like that. Like no, if anyone there, might think that, definitely well, not the case. And I know that there is a place for women to flaunt their sexuality. Like obviously, um, you know, blonde hair and big boobs draws money. And that's part of what keeps the business going. <laughs> you know, like, I'm not going to say like, we need to stop looking yeah. good. And we just got, you know, like, I, I understand how the world works. And so I'm not going to be mad at someone who like really excels at that particular part. Sure, fair enough. And and I mean, you've had a chance to mix it up with some of the, the new talent. You've been in two of the women's Royal Rumbles now. Yeah. Like, what's it and like? So so yeah. embarrassing. <laughs> every, time they, every time they come back and they're like, we want you in the ring. I'm like, no, I am not conditioned at all. Like I might go jogging for like three miles, but as far as like falling down or having somebody knock me down, my body is not conditioned to that. So the few times I've been in the ring, the girls have been so gracious and kind to me to kind of cover for me, to try to like, I'd be completely out of breath and I'd, <laughs> they would find a way to, to not expose my weaknesses. Um, the girls were that good. So thankfully everyone had covered for me the couple times that I've been in the ring, but I, it was, I was hurting. <laughs> and that, and when, Molly, when you say you're hurting, you're specifically talking about blowing up in there. Yeah. So when yeah. They, so the last blowing time. Blowing up means out of breath and you can't Out of breath. breathe. And that's so one for, of my biggest fears, Molly. It is, they had me in there for seven minutes, which you might think, 
seven minutes is no big deal. No, by two minutes in, I was like, yeah. <laughs> like just yep. trying to, to calm down so that I can, but yeah, I'm, it is a whole, like takes a level of training. Like when I think about Randy Orton or these people who are currently putting on these amazing matches for 20 minute segments, I mean, that is an unbelievable athlete that can pull that off because yeah, after two minutes, I, I was dying in there. It's Especially since they're not on the road and working as much as, as we used to. It's easy to stay in shape when you're working every night. But no, if you're already I, having I, matches like every, like once a month or something like, whoa. Yeah, that would be hard. Like I, I forgot how much it hurt to just fall on your back, just take a bump. So like the first time in the ring a couple of years ago, um, I think I was in the women's evolution and I was only in there for a little while, but the first time somebody knocked me down, I was like, whoa, that hurts. <laughs> And 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 the and the last rumble you were at, you were got uh, eliminated by Bianca Belair, who obviously just went on to win the title at WrestleMania. It's just a little factoid I was reading there. You know? Yeah, that it is. It is awesome to see those girls that I met a few years ago, like really coming to their own, like really either becoming champions or being in main events or or just getting the spotlight, even on like um their acting skits or their personas. Um, it's it's fun for me to to see them really get the spotlight. Hey Molly, were you, were you watching? Were you watching uh, Bianca versus Sasha from WrestleMania Night One? I didn't see that one because I was traveling. It? I was wow. on an airplane during that, so I didn't get to see it. Highly recommend it. Okay, yeah. okay, I've got I've got the Peacock Network, so I'll I'll have to check it out. Oh yeah. When when you walk into the locker room these days, Molly, is it kind of like that scene from Wayne's World where it's like the we are not worthy? Like, because I know so many women just have like such a reverence for you in the business right now. It's funny. I was just telling my, so I have a regular job and my real life boss is a big hockey guy. And I was like, it's so weird. I said, I went to the hall of fame thing or at WrestleMania, um, actually just WrestleMania on the Sunday night. And I said, and I felt like I was like Wayne Gretzky in the locker room, <laughs> you know, like yeah. Yeah, everybody was, all the girls were super nice. And a few of them shared their personal stories about, you know, how they watched me when they were little or, or they met me at a indie show or, you know, like that kind of thing. And it, it really did make me feel special. Those girls were super nice to me. That's an amazing feeling, right? To, to, to show back up. You're not really in that world anymore. Not like, and you come back in and everyone's just so like, oh, it's yeah. just, a, it's the best feeling in the world, honestly. When this it is does, like your life. It does feel good because it's not, I mean, of course it feels good if I do an autograph signing and there's fans there and everything. And, but when it's girls who've actually like taken the same path as me, and wanted to become a pro wrestler and now their dreams are coming true. Like there is something special about that to be connected to them. Oh yeah. Do you, do you want a retirement match Molly or no? No, I don't. And <laughs> I was just talking with Sean Devari about this because he, he's like, well, you just kind of like left. Cause it was true. Like I just, after raw, I just walked into Vince's office at the arena and I was like, can I please be let out of my contract? Thank you so much. But I just, I just don't want to do this anymore. And, um, and Davari's like, you didn't even like have any kind of a storyline for like, you got whacked with a chair and now you're out. He's like, nothing. Like the fans didn't get to say goodbye. And so when Davari found out that I was getting in the hall of fame, he's like, oh, this is so awesome because now fans can kind of like say their goodbye to you. And, and, um, and I was like, oh, I guess that's a, a way to put it. Um, and, but no, I'm not looking for like a one more match or any of that kind of stuff. All right. Yeah. It doesn't seem like, you don't seem like the type. Like I totally not surprised you just said that. Well, yeah. if I, if I like was passionate about it and I felt incomplete in my career and I just 
like loved it so much. I, I mean, I don't want to knock anybody who does go back and have another match. And I can't say I never will because May and Mula were out there in their 80s doing it. <laughs> you know, so I don't know what they're going to talk me into 40 years from now. But um, right. yeah, so I'm not going to like knock anybody who goes back out and wrestles. Um, but I just don't like have a desire to at this point. Uh, I, I just have one last thing I, I want to ask, and you can ask whatever you want, Sean, but mine's more mm-hmm. of a, like a follow-up. Like, uh, you mentioned how you didn't really have a relationship with Vince. The only time you ever talked to him was you asked for your release. You asked for it. It sounds like you got it. Like, what was that exchange like, you know, in that room with you and Vince? I mean, if you don't mind letting us know what sure. that was. Yeah. It was awesome. Vince was great. So I first went in and I told him all about how my career has been such a blessing. The fact that I got to wrestle in 15 different countries, like I would have never seen those places if it wasn't for him. And the fact that I got, you know, a good like retirement savings, you know, because of how he paid me and and all these, like, I, I wanted to let him know that this was an amazing experience and I am so grateful. And I feel complete in it. And I would like to um, be let out of my contract. I don't want to work anywhere else. I just don't want to, I just feel complete. And, um, and then he spent like 10 minutes telling me how important I was to the business, how much he's appreciated my work ethic, how great of a champion I was, how he did, like, he just complimented me for like 10 minutes and, um, and said that if I ever wanted to come back, the door was always open and he shook my hand and that was it. Hey, there's one thing, there's one thing about Vince. When he says things like that, he means them. That stuff comes from the heart when it comes to Vince. He doesn't I, just say that to anybody. Well, you know? thank you for saying that. I, I, I felt really good about it, and it just feels good to have. You know, I don't want any enemies, and I certainly don't want to be enemies with the person who gave me so many blessings and so many opportunities. And so I was really thankful that he took it well and didn't, and um, and that he left the door open. That, that I mean, it also helps you tell him I don't want to go work anywhere else. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm not out to compete with him by any means right. no <laughs> yeah man that's just so awesome i mean and I, I and i've never met vince but i know i've heard a lot of stories about how he has respect for people that are very strong-willed and stick to their convictions and so i could see where you coming to him and having carried yourself the way you did i could see why he would maybe be less combative with you than other people so that and also Never getting a phone call about Molly Holly doing this or that. Like, you can't say that about a lot of people, you know? So, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't much of a troublemaker by right. the scene, so. <laughs> Welcome back to the show, everyone. Right now, I'm being joined by a dear friend of mine. He's the host of Jim and Sam's show on Sirius action talk i believe that's what channel it is that's it yeah and uh and he's also the host of the not sam wrestling podcast and he's also a major contributor to all the pre-shows everything on the wwe network my dear friend sam roberts thank you man thank you it's so wild still like for you to say my dear friend sam roberts because i'm you are my dear friend i know but it's just like you know i mean i'm sitting here thinking of like about what we're gonna like talk about today and everything and some of my favorite moments in your career and like i was really happy man that you picked this this topic too because yeah you know it's it's not a topic everyone would think of but it's an interesting one i you know there's there's a good story behind it well yeah i i love this one the only other one that i was gonna bring up like i think my favorite thing that i've ever brought up to you 
is uh, when I told you that the first time I ever saw you live was when I was a kid. And it wasn't the Raw where you had your match with Brett, but it was the qualifier. It was the Nikolai match. Ooh. And you're like, oh. <laughs> I think I won with a small package, right? <laughs> I, <think so. laughs> I hate, you know, I felt, I felt bad because, like, I talked about, you know, not really enjoying working with Nikolai. And, you know, I think word got back to him. And I felt really bad afterwards because I seen him, like, a few places before he passed away. And he wasn't real happy to see me. And I, I guess I could understand why. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. You know, yeah. what do you say? Like, like It was the truth, man. Yeah, yeah, that's the point. But, yeah, so I thought, like, I would want to talk to you about something that I would imagine that you have to enjoy a lot more than that. Um, yeah. And for me, like, this match to me, and I was watching it again today, is so interesting because it almost exists, like, on the show that it's on, it exists in this universe by itself like there's this kind of other like there's this shit show going on <laughs> over here and then you the whole, thing, the whole show man Ooh. oh terrible terrible but i'm trying it's the uh it's the ladder match for the u.s title that you and eddie had at sold out 97 and i feel like that match gets overlooked a lot and it shouldn't but i think the reason it gets overlooked is because of the show right yeah absolutely um it just it wasn't one of the best shows WCW ever did pay-per-view wise or any otherwise for that matter. <laughs> so yeah. I can understand why it gets why it gets lost in in you know history. Just as much as I understand, like I had this great match, uh tag match, Kane and I versus Mark Henry and D'Lo Brown, but it was on over the edge from Kansas City the night that Owen passed away. So it was a great match that people don't really talk about. Right. Because it's like how do you get past the headline? Yeah. 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 Yeah, but this but, is interesting because um, you know, the people that know about it, like I you know, it gets really good reviews. And it, I'm I'm proud of the match, Sam. Yeah. I, I'm actually very proud of it. I think like what's really amazing watching it, first of all, like just the the whole the whole psychology behind the show, like when poor Eddie has to come out to no music. Oh god, jumping bean, Mexican oh, jumping yeah. bean and stuff like that. Yeah, calling him a Mexican jumping bean and then calling him a loser the whole time. And it's like, I mean, you can't, like, it's one, like, I get it. Like, it's the NWO putting on a show, but, like, there's this real, you can't just be all heel, burial, 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 because then it's, like, at home. Like, I remember watching that show with my dad, and we didn't really get WCW pay-per-views, but I was such an NWO fan. I was like, no, we got to get this one. And my dad would sit there, and he's like, this is what, this is WCW? Like, this is, I mean this isn't even close to what they're doing Yeah. in WWE. Yeah. It was, it was something else. I, um, you know, the whole lead up and me stealing the belt and, yeah. you know, you know, trying to make it make sense to have a ladder match and, and all that. And, um, you know, I loved all that. I loved working with Eddie. Um, you know, I enjoyed, you know, I don't know if I, at the time, you know, I was real happy about stealing the belt. I kind of, I think I wanted to be the official champion or whatever, but whatever. You know, right. it, it kind of made sense. You know, I'm, a, you know, yeah, I'm, and like it actually, like which wasn't common for WCW necessarily. It had a nice, like, month long build where you start yeah. the thing at Starcade, where you like jump him and you take the title, and then like the match gets made and everything. So it did make sense, and it almost like I thought it was cool that it let Eddie win, and it was almost more heroic because it was like he was getting his title back without ever losing yeah. the title. Yeah. 
And uh, so there's a couple things about this. Like I said, I'm I'm uh, I'm proud of it and that. Um, but um, when we got back from the match, uh, I got like Scott Hall was waiting for me when we got back from the match, and I was pretty proud of the match. Mm-hmm. And he started in on me, like because you know uh, psychology wise, like you know. Um, you know him and Sean. They they worked really hard to to get that ladder match down. That like a lot of house show matches and that before they actually had the WrestleMania ten ladder match. And so they had the psychology of a ladder match down pat, right? And um, the thing is, like Eddie and I were supposed to meet up the night before, mm-hmm. and I had all like the tapes, the DVDs, the tapes, etc. Uh, like of the ladder matches, and we were going to watch it, and we were going to you know, study that, that formula and, and that, and Eddie just never showed up. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, I can't tell you what he was doing uh, at the time, but he never showed up uh, that night, you know? Yeah. And so we had to put it together when we got to the building and it just, so, I mean, there was that. And and then we got to the building and I got, I walk into the arena and Sam, there's a ladder that's like, at the base is like eight or 10 feet wide and like 30 freaking feet high. Uh-huh. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> and they're like, Oh, we got it. Like Sullivan, Ken Sullivan was like, Oh, it's a, it's a great visual. Like I'm like, but you fucking climb that thing. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, we have, yeah. Like there's nothing we can do with that, Kevin. Nothing. Yeah. yeah. So I had to go grab a couple of like eight, you know, eight foot ladders and, you know, and I and I, I knew enough to we need more than one ladder in case this one breaks, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's so. interesting that you say that the, 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 there was a thought to use that bigger ladder, because the other thing that I was watching is like the belt seems like it's hung so much higher than usual in ladder matches. Like you guys have to get up on that top rung and then stand yeah. straight up. Like usually when you watch a, watch a ladder match, you can go like, you know, second or third rung from the top and you can yeah. reach that thing if you need to. Sure. But, it was it was insane how high up it was. I don't know. I, I don't know if it was because you guys were both young or because just there hadn't been as many ladder matches, but there was like so little hesitancy to everything. Like the match just had such a pace, and I felt like yes. every, every spot and every bump, like I was watching for it, and there wasn't one second of either of you two worrying like oh, this is going to hurt. I'm going to lose my balance. Let me make sure this is set up right. It was just like, I mean, that kick that you would like nail just like off the ladder. It, it, it seemed like you didn't have a fear in your mind. I didn't have a fear in my mind because it wasn't planned. And it wasn't something <laughs> I was anticipating until I climbed up there. You know, like I, I'm pretty sure it didn't dawn on me. Hey, let me just drop kick this guy from the second to the top rung of the ladder. Yeah, you know, because it's ridiculous. Like, I mean, that was a long way down, man. Like, when you see me hit that kick, and then like it seems like forever before I hit the ground, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was just something I just did out there, man. At first, Eddie Eddie looked at me as soon as I said drop kick. He went, "Oh fuck!" Like he said something (laughs) like crazy, like you crazy motherfucker. Down he goes, you know. (laughs) Because we're up here, we're doing it now. Like, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? So, you know, I was talking about how Scott gave, gave me shit, gave us shit when we got back. Yeah. You know, and I understand, and he's not wrong. But 
you know, the match was good. It was a good match, man. I was, I, I was pretty happy with it. It was, it bummed me out that he, that he jumped my shit when I got back from it. Is it wait until later? Yeah. Yeah. Because it was, I mean, regardless, it was good. And even like, I didn't, is it because he didn't like the pacing of it? That, and I didn't go for the ladder soon enough because, you mm. know, we're trying to, it's just, there were some things that like, and I get like, I get the criticism, but man, it really bothered Eddie a lot because he heard the, he heard it, you know, when he got back. And yeah. It really, like it bothered him for a long time. Whenever that subject would come up to that match, even though it was a great match, I thought it was a hell of a match. Did he like the match, Eddie? I think he did, but I think once he heard that, I think it, it tainted the memory maybe a little bit. Yeah. That makes any sense. It definitely does. Yeah. 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 Cause other people's words start getting in your head and you're like, yeah, it kind of replaces whatever feeling you had coming off of the match. Yeah. Um, I, I like, but from the beginning, like that, the first kick that you throw, it looks like you kick him right in the face. I probably do. <laughs> like, there's no, like, it just looks like that's the trick to it. I'm just going to, I'm just going to yeah. kick him in the face. And that's how yeah. we're going to set the pace. Yeah. I always have put your hand up. Like, I don't mind to give away trade secrets here, but, yeah. you know, I'd rather not kill somebody with the kick. Yeah. You know? <laughs> what was the, uh, so, there were a couple of things. Did you know going into the match, like, okay, this has the potential to be a great match, ladder matches, and it's still, like, it's January of 97. So it's yeah. really, you know, three years removed from WrestleMania 10. So ladder matches are not crazy overdone. Like, they're, it's still a pretty new match, and, and you know what Eddie's capable of, and you know what you're capable of. So you know yeah. what the potential of this match is. When you're watching the show unfold, because you guys went on second to last. So, like, when you're watching the show unfold and you're realizing, like, oh, like, maybe a lot of these ideas on paper that made sense for the NWO kind of suck as as the presentation. Like, this is not a great pay-per-view. I mean, did they really make sense on paper even, though? I mean, I'm just trying to be optimistic. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) But did you know, like, oh, this this is a bad pay per view? Like, does that affect you going into a match? Or I wasn't I wasn't thinking about it. Yeah, I was concerned that we were going out there to have a ladder match, mm-hmm. and like somebody could get hurt. Right. You know, and I I mean, do you remember the point where we did the teeter totter spot with the ladder? Yeah. And he jumped down off the apron, and the the ladder hit me under the chin. Yeah. Yes. Dude, I still have a scar on my chin from that. I, I like, knew it. It, it lifted me up off the ground. I knew it because like you couldn't see the impact, which sucks because like the shot was from Eddie's vantage point. Yeah. Like I could tell the way you reacted to it, like the speed with which you reacted. I was like, that's not a person that is, you know, pretending to react to a ladder. That's how somebody reacts when a ladder hits them in the face. Oh yeah. It kind of knocked me out. If we're to be honest about it. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Well, what was the, at first I thought they were like boom mics. Remember those like weird, I, I thought they were boom mics at ringside, but yeah. I guess they were those bad kind of cameras that they were trying to angle into the ring. Oh yeah. I think that's what they were. Yeah. yeah Cause they had some weird shots, right? Yeah. 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 Does that get into your head at all when you're in the ring and you're seeing these guys with these big, whatever on sticks kind of pointing stuff in the ring. Do you think would- of that at all? Or do you like, that's somebody else's. I didn't even think of it. Uh, like if they like, look, I mean, they just needed to be careful and watch out. 
because they could get wiped out at any time, right? Like a camera, yeah. a cameraman's job in wrestling is a hazardous job, man. I've yeah. wiped a few of them out. Yeah, I mean, especially you know? in that type of match, especially when you guys are flying all over the place and you're jumping off ladders and stuff. Like that's that's oh, where yeah. it gets dangerous. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I mean, did you? So your plan wasn't necessarily to have this like steal the show it was just we don't know what we're gonna do out there like we just don't want to hurt each other no my plan was to steal the show regardless and, yeah it just yeah. and i think we still did oh i mean 100 like, oh, yeah. I, I don't think you could argue yeah. i mean i don't know that there's anything on that show worth going back and watching you know no yeah. and no offense to anybody that's on the show because like there's lots of good people on the show but, but like the matches I, I, were cold. A lot of the matches were yeah. cold matches. Like nobody cared about. They cared about the individuals, but like there was no, like you know Jericho and Chono and different. Like you know, great, both awesome, but like incredible. They didn't put anything into it, you know. Like as far as building the yeah. matches up and and um, <clears throat> you know Scott and Kev versus Harlem Heat. They had a little bit of a history. And, yeah. Was it those guys or was it, no, 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 was it Steiners? Steiners. 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 Yeah. yeah. It's the Steiners because that's when uh, the referee came out of the crowd. Yeah. And okay. and did the thing. Did you feel any kind of way? Because like it was a very heavy NWO victory night, and like you know Scott and Kevin lost, but it was because there was a refer a WCW referee in the audience, so that even that wasn't like a yeah that wasn't like a real loss. You were one of the few that had to that had to take the L. Somebody had to, right? Yeah. 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 You feel like why does it have to be me again? Or were you like, no, this is just this is just the way we do this? No, no, this was cool. Eddie. This was yeah. Eddie Guerrero. And um it was you know, um that's my job. Right. That's right. my job, and I was fine with it. I didn't it never even crossed my mind. Oh man, I want to win this. Like I kind of had a feeling going in, that's what we were gonna do, and that was and that was just fine, man. That's Eddie freaking Guerrero, right? So would, yeah, did Eddie drop the belt? We, yeah, we, yeah, that's what I thought. Like, I almost like, yeah, he dropped it almost on me. He had to jump down and pick it up off me to hold it up, show everyone that he won. Yeah, so, yeah, it kind of got a little bit botched at the end there, but people still got with it, right? Yeah, yeah, and you're smart enough to like keep your hands like way far away from it so nobody could say, yeah. Well, he touched the belt for it. No, 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 yeah. no, my hands were up here somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. So, yeah, did, man, that... did you guys like. Did you come off of that wanting to do more stuff like that, wanting to do more ladder stuff, wanting to do more stuff with Eddie, or was it just, you know, let's keep rolling? I just wanted to keep rolling. I, I, okay, so I, I I lost that match, but it wasn't like I felt like it hurt my momentum in any way, you know? Um, right. I was, I was the type of guy that could lose any time and still be whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, just It was just my deal. Um, so, yeah, no, I wasn't, I wasn't really – interested in pursuing ladder matches any further because <laughs> it hurt uh, i don't know it's just you know i don't want to be known for that you know yeah. i mean that's a that's a spot like you get cornered into being that guy you know like i like to you know edge and all them uh, you know and dudley's with their table ladders chairs stuff like mm -hmm. i keep trying to top it and, yeah right. it's just not a good idea yeah yeah are you a guy that like you know they they talk about like how Undertaker would want Jr. to do commentary on a specific match or you know people I think Austin liked having Jr. on his matches yes kind of hear the commentary as he went and that's how he wanted his matches laid out. Did you care about that because the commentary was also not 
not the best. Good. Not good yeah. on this show. Yeah. It and you know, like, Eric is usually a good, pretty good commentator. It was just he was trying to be in the character, and you yeah. know, it just it hurt. It hurt the. It hurt that. Yeah, you had two. Yeah. You had two heel color guys. Yeah. And yeah, I never, I never had a, I, I always thought Eric was pretty good with. Oh, he is. Oh, usually. Yeah. 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 But did you, was, is that something that you think about? Did you want like, or your, your, your job is in the ring and you're pretty Man, good. To your you know, okay. It would have been nice if there was a little bit straighter, you know, uh, commentary on that because, um, you know, it does, it can help or hurt the match. Like, mm. so like, I'm just going to use my match with Bret Hart for instance. Uh, you know, Jim Ross and, 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 and macho man, Randy Savage did one of the greatest jobs ever, uh, in, in calling that match I've ever heard of any match. And, uh, then, you know, later they put that match on, uh, Coliseum home video or something. And they, they had, it was like Stan Lane and gorilla monsoon voiced it over and just ruined it. <laughs> Completely ruined it. Uh, yeah. It really pissed me off. So like it could have, it could have, it could have you know, helped out a lot. How, you know, whatever. What do we got to do? How difficult? Like, I know for fans, like, just the idea of calling it in the ring, I think is a hurdle that we have to get over because for most of us, that seems like extremely difficult and extremely yeah. nerve-wracking and going in. But, like, going into a ladder match when you don't have a ton of ladder match experiences and figuring out spots as you go, like, did yeah. you, even though you didn't have Eddie, did you kind of – figure out to yourself like okay I, I can do this i can do that i'll I'll call this i'll call that like did you have spots oh sure yeah. oh sure yeah because like i was talking with, with with jbl about eddie and like jbl had amazing matches with eddie right but he would tell yeah. you eddie was not the guy to put matches together mm -hmm. it was just a called in there guy he was mm -hmm. great at it he had great instincts in the ring or whatever but i mean maybe that's why he never showed up to Put the match together with me. It just wasn't his thing. And but yeah. no, he brought you know, he had ideas. Like the teeter totter spot was his idea. And I mean know? but it's just amazing because as you're watching this thing, like it doesn't feel at all like it's it's made up as you go. Like, oh, that, really? not like I all. think like I think it kind of I think it does in a good way though. Like like I think it seems like most of the stuff seems fairly spontaneous. Like oh, it, it feels, doesn't look overly contrived, right? No, not at all. It does feel super spontaneous. I think that's what I was that's what I was feeling and seeing when I was going back to talking about even that spot where you like crotched yourself on the mm -hmm. on the corner, you know? Yeah. Like there was no hesitation. That's what I kept yeah. coming back to. Like no hesitation on anything. But I guess that's because you weren't thinking about anything. It was just like just doing right, it. Just do it now. Okay, I'll do it yeah. now. Yeah. 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 And so, you know, when, when people talk about calling it in the ring, I mean, people are calling it in the ring, but they're calling stuff they've done a million times in other matches. Right. You know, so it's not like they're just making everything up from scratch each time they go out there. So right. let's like, let's be real about calling it in the ring. Right. And, and you know, other people's spots, like, I mean, part of being yes. in the business, not just, you knowing your stuff, but you know, any yeah. stuff. So like you can call, if you're like, oh, they hit me with this thing, you yeah. know what he does, and he knows exactly. Yeah. Let's what let's do about. let's do the old such and such. Okay, right. boom. You know, right. seems right. like this will work right now. Yeah, you know? things like yeah. that. So, do you are you do you watch yourself back? Like, will you will you watch the match back to kind of get that feeling back of you know what this was good or 
Will you not? Because my thing is like, if you don't watch it back pretty quickly after the match, yeah, then I feel like Scott's words might be in your head, and it would be tough for you to remember in the moment that it was yeah. right. Yeah, 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 and that yeah because I didn't get a chance to see it right away. Right. Yeah, because it was yeah. a different time too. It's like everything's on video anyway, so it's not like yeah. you could just go and and wind it back. Yeah, to be honest with you, it actually took me a while to actually see a, uh, a replay of it. Yeah. I mean, maybe months. It was just, we were busy doing a lot of stuff. And, you know, I just know how it felt out there. And it mm -hmm. felt good out there. We had reactions out there, you know. Um, and, and so, like, I was happy with it, man. I was really happy with it. And, and I, you know, and we both should have been, you know, yeah. even regardless of whether Scott's criticisms were fair or not. And they were totally fair. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially at the time. Right. But I also think that that when you look at ladder matches today, they're probably a little more like what you and Eddie did than what was going on, you know, before you guys. Sure. Oh, you know, yeah, sure. you know, because I think it's more of just like boom, 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 Um, which I think says a lot. You know, I mean, I, I think that says a lot about what people wanted. And at the same time, too, it's like it's one of those things where yeah the psychology is important but once you've let the cat out of the bag and you've had a few good ladder matches and everybody's seen those ladder matches yeah you can't do those, you can't do them and you can't do those tricks anymore it's like you exactly. were saying about you know doing a bunch of ladder matches like i feel like the edge and christian versus hardy boys match just uh, from no mercy like the the tournament and that was like one of the best ladder matches i've ever seen but that led to the two TLC matches and everything. And it just, sure. it gets to the point where edge has to, you know, fly through the air and do the spear off the ceiling. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. I remember, I remember when they were putting those together, I remember getting hot at Michael Hayes. Cause he was saying, Oh, it would be great if you did. I'm like, you get up there and do that. Michael <laughs> just button myself into their business. It's like, that wasn't <laughs> even my business. I'm like walking by and go, Oh, that's bullshit. Da, 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 da. <laughs> no wonder Michael didn't like me. <laughs> Yeah, where does that uh, where does that rank on on your WCW career? You know the matches that you really like from WCW. Oh, in the top five for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. easily. Yeah. yeah. Just because yeah. it was with Eddie, it was a pay per view. Like it was kind of a big match, you know. Even though, um, you know, unfortunately, it was on the very first sold out. So I mean, but yeah. What are you gonna do? But you also like you know, I mean, at the time you weren't going on uh second to last all that often. You weren't having big ladder matches all that no. often. So I feel, I do feel like at that point in both of your careers, because we all, we all are aware of how good Eddie is now, but at that time, that's not how WCW portrayed him. No, nope. like, like Eddie was not looked at as this is one of the greatest to ever do it. Right. Probably, that's not how WCW put him over. So the fact that, you guys, you two, at that moment in your careers were given that spot, and yeah. then you go out there and on a bad pay-per-view have a great match. Like, yeah. That, I think, that's what stands the test of time. That's what holds up historically. That's why, to me, that's one of those matches where for both of you, it's like when you go, like, well, what what, what did Eddie do that made him so great? Or what did what did uh, Six or The Kid or X-Pac or Sean Waltman, what did he do that made him so great? It's like, well... Not only look at this ladder match, but look at it in the context of where it was and when it was. And that's what those guys did. Yeah. You yeah, know? I'm with you. 
That's yeah. why I like it so much. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah, of course. I really appreciate you bringing this up, man, because I, you know, not a lot of people know the story behind this, and uh, you know, um, yeah. And I mean, I, it's, you know, it's even crazier to me that you didn't have much of a plan going in that you guys didn't talk about this ahead of time at all. A little bit. That adds, yeah, to, the, bit. adds to the legend. Yeah. 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 So okay. that being said, yeah, it was, it was, as far as I'm concerned, it was a great match. By the way, I meant to tell you too, while I'm here, yeah. I, uh, I don't know if you know wrestling for sale on Instagram, but he did like a WrestleMania, like he does like vintage, like he sells vintage wrestling shirts Yeah. and he was like selling a bunch of them. And I got, uh, cause I have, I have the old outsider shirt. I have the old six ball NWO shirt, like the originals, all of them. And I got the one like original NWO shirt that I never had. That which, doesn't have the letters under like, yeah, yeah. yeah the very yeah. first one, just yeah. NWO. Yeah. I finally yeah, yeah. have an NWO shirt without the words on it. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. That shirt. Yeah. Neil Pruitt made, made those shirts. I think it was. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. That, that logo, man. I mean, you're wearing it today. That It's still like, it's still cool, dude. It's still yeah. cool. Yeah. Awesome. It. It's awesome. Sam, thank you so much, man. Thank you, man. I really appreciate you coming on and doing this with me. I I get the chance like to talk to people like you, like you know, I mean it, it just makes my show better. So thank you. I mean, yeah, it's an honor for me. So thank you. Thanks, man. Hey Nick, is there anything you want to add to this? Uh no, no, no. I thought that was great. I was just taking a stroll down memory lane here as you guys were talking. I remember distinctly watching this pay-per-view and being very confused as a youth. I had I had no idea what was going yeah. on. I tried to leave the pay like today when I was watching it, I tried to leave the pay-per-view on to be like because like I was like, well, no, I mean I remember this is a bad pay-per-view, but that match was so great and I love the NWO so much. And like as soon as the match is over, they go to like the next round of Miss NWO. And I'm yeah. like, oh, yeah, let's like, like, yeah, this, that's really cool. Let's make out with heavy set women sitting on toilets or whatever it was. Like, wasn't it like yeah. a toilet was the, was the throne or something like it was yeah. some just crazy weird. Yeah. Shit. And I was kind of annoyed too. Cause I thought it was actually, I thought the entranceway was actually kind of cool because it was new and it was different yeah. from what they usually do. And they put like six up there in like, almost like it looked like light bulbs. Like it wasn't yeah. like, you know, computer stuff or whatever. But they did such a bad job of showing it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's the that like they they should have uh, that those are those little production elements. Like you build this amazing set, but like spend some time like showing this big light up six thing. You know? You know we should have known what we were in store for. Like the night before, you know the story about like that they had us do this thing in like fifty below wind chill weather with the garbage truck on the back of a garbage truck coming into town like. <laughs> Oh, what the fuck, man? Like, like that never made any sense whatsoever. Like, I get that the NWO is counterculture, but it was also Hollywood. Like, it was also... Why would we Why would we do that to ourselves if we make you, the rules? Of course, you get limos. You get big Hummer stretch limos with chicks in them and just be <laughs> badasses showing up, spending all of WCW's money on your limos. Like, why would the biggest stars in wrestling be on the back of yeah. garbage trucks in the middle of winter? <laughs> Hey, you know what though? I'll, I'll, I will say this because we're kind of like, and rightfully so, we're 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 going in hard on on the NWO sold out pay per view. But like, for the most part, we had a pretty good batting average back then. That was one of the few times where we struck out hard. Okay, yeah. See, see, that's another thing that like that like really stuck in my head. I was like thinking about how today 
Like people would just destroy that on Twitter. Like, did you Ooh. see what that was last night and everything? The fact that you like that's January '97. You guys are still like about to hit your peak. Like there is so yep. much more money to be made with the NWO. The fact that that whole pay per view didn't it didn't even slow it down. Like, not it even really, a bit. Not not even a little bit. And everybody, even at the time, was like, "Yeah, that pay per view sucked, but the NWO is still the coolest thing in wrestling." Yes, like that that's- shows you how big. The group was because I remember as a fan, like I remember going like it was one of those things where I had to like kind of self-justify the pay-per-view. You know what I mean? Like, no, I think the the attitude was everyone deserves a mulligan now and then. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And you did. And then you went on Nitro and like it was awesome again. So, you know, I kind of mentally scrubbed it from my head just so I could be like that. That was more like a fever dream. Right, we'll get back yeah. to business now. Like almost like it didn't even happen at the time. I think. So, yeah, yeah. Um. Well, All cool. Right. Uh. Well, this was wonderful. You should probably let Sam plug whatever he wants, Sean. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What's going on? Well, you did a great job before, but of course, I'm on SiriusXM every morning on Channel 103 with Norton. Uh, you can get my podcast, Not Sam Wrestling, wherever you get podcasts. It comes out every Monday. And then uh, I got a whole bunch of stuff always going on on the Not Sam YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Not Sam. So check it out. Is are, is Not Sam Wrestling still on the net, the free version of the network or anything like that? Or how's what's going on with that? I think it'll be on Peacock at some point. Like it's okay. not, it's not, I think it's, it's part of the, because they said all of the programming will be there by SummerSlam, I think. So, so, but it's still like if, if, if somebody lives in like Canada or Europe, they oh, can yeah. still see it on the network. Yep. Yep. Okay. If, yeah. All I right. forgot. Yeah. It still exists. So like if you still have the WWE network outside of the States. Yeah. I love 15 episodes, not Sam wrestling. X-Pac was on the first one. Uh, and yeah, yeah I, had, I had such a good time making that show. So if you haven't watched cool. that and you have the network still, or you got one of those like, uh, IP things where they think that you're in the uh, UK, even though you're in the States. <laughs> the VPN. The VPN. Yeah, yeah. You got that VPN gimmick, then uh, yeah, yeah. Definitely watch Not Sam Wrestling on the network. Thank you, man. Cool. All right, everybody. It's game show time. We got a new game show this week. Uh, last week we had uh, Twitter Mania, and uh, it was very fun. But we're going to switch it up this week. And this week's game show is called Mortal Kombat or Monday Night Raw. And uh, so anyways, I guess we could uh, bring in the contestants now. Uh, first, I don't know where he's from, but uh, the first contestant is our good friend, Michael Cohen. Say hi to Michael, everybody. Hey, Sean, how's it going? Uh, I'm Good, man. from uh, Toronto, Canada. From Toronto, Canada. I was wondering. Yeah, I didn't, see, yeah. I didn't see where you hail from on here. Yeah. yeah. So, hey, man, thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. And I appreciate you being a Patreon member. Thank you. No problem, man. No problem. Congrats on yeah. two-time Hall of Fame. Two times. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I don't have my rings on right now. I feel naked. <laughs> They're right in the other room. But anyways. All right, so you ready to meet your opponent? Yep. All right, Michael. Uh, I might be wrong about this, but I'm pretty sure he's from New Jersey. And if if he's not, uh, I'm gonna hear about it. But known this guy for quite a while. Everybody, uh, say hello to Joey Image. What's up, Joey? 
Good evening, gentlemen. You got New Jersey right, brother. Of course. Damn, Joey, with the radio voice. <laughs> Good to see you again, dude. You too, man. Actually, last time I saw you was in New Jersey. Yeah, I was right, right? You're a Jersey guy, right? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, the last time we saw each other in person was the JR thing in, uh, uh, God, where was Starland Ballroom or something? I think it was. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Paramus or what was it? Star, uh, no, not Paramus. I, I, Anyways, no, it's yeah. not Paramus, but I'm right yeah. next to Paramus. Something like that. Anyways, yeah, yeah. you look like you lost some weight since last time I saw you. I wish I had. I, have I, no, some, I, I hope so. Know, I, when when you look at us from the front and you can't see our guts, like it does look like, you know, that's, it, that's why the like, camera stops right here. Yeah, that's yeah. why the camera stops right here. All right. Hey, so anyways, Michael, meet Joey. Joey, say hey to Michael. What's going on, brother? Joey. How's it going, Joey? All right, man. Okay, so anyways, I think you probably heard uh, about you guys the the name of the, uh, the yeah I didn't see the, the game is Mortal Kombat or Monday Night Raw. Yeah, but you might still be. I mean, it's. I also didn't see Raw last or uh, yesterday, okay. <laughs> or the other day, whatever the hell it was. All right. So, anyways, it's called Mortal Kombat or Monday Night Raw, and I'm gonna go back and forth between Michael and Joey reading them a line of dialogue that is either from the new Mortal Kombat movie. Or the most recent episode of WWE Monday Night Raw. <coughs> They'll get one point if they guess the right show, and a bonus point if they can name the Mortal Kombat character or WWE superstar who utter the line of dialogue. You guys, do we have the? Uh, are we all clear on the rules? Yep. Yes, sir. <laughs> all right. Let's get into it. I might be fucked. No, no, you'll be all right. I haven't seen either one. I didn't see it all either. (laughs) So, all right. How do we decide who goes first? Uh, To decide who goes first, we are going to do a quick scavenger hunt. The first one of you to to go find a pro wrestling action figure in your home and show it to me on screen will go first. Really? Oh, wait. There you go. All right, Joey. That counts. It's a Funko bot, but it counts. Just All happening right. right next to me. Who is that, by the way? Kenny Omega. Oh, okay. Right oh, on. cool. All right. So here's okay, you guys ready? Joey, you ready? Yeah, man. All right, here's the quote. And you gotta tell me Monday Night Raw or Mortal Kombat. Okay, the quote is no mask, no allegiance, no business. I'm going to say Mortal Kombat, and Sub-Zero said it. Wrong on both counts. <laughs> so the, it was Monday Night Raw, and the person that said it was Mace. Who the hell's Mace? Oh, all right, the Retribution Ret- guy. Retribution, yeah. Okay. They, they got their mask ripped yeah. off. and uh, Now I have to watch right. it at some point. All right. Michael, are you ready? Yep. yep. Okay, here's the quote. We need to find every last champion before it's too late. FYI, most of them are already dead. Uh, I'm going to say Mortal Kombat. Okay. But I can't pinpoint who said it in Mortal Kombat. Can you guess? Uh, 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 Do you even know any of the... (laughs) <laughs> no, honestly, in full honesty, no. <laughs> eh, 
Actually, you got a point. You got a point because you're right about Mortal Kombat. You didn't get the bonus point, though, Michael. I'm sorry. That's okay. All right, right now. One was to it, zero. Was it Scorpion? No, it was actually Sonya Blade. Oh, man. God. My favorite one to look at. All right. Okay, so. All right, Joey. It's your turn again. Ah, wonderful. Okay, here's the quote. I'm so down. I say we get matching snakeskin speedos. Jesus Christ, that could go either way. <laughs> I've heard that in several locker rooms myself. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm going to say, oh man, Mortal Kombat and Johnny Cage. No, it was Monday Night Raw, and what the fuck? Matt Riddle was the one who said it. Who'd he say to? Shit. Probably Randy Orton, if I had to guess. <laughs> yeah, I gotta uh, I gotta go back and watch it was, that. It was Randy Orton. Yeah, because yeah, they are they team together and yeah. You know, okay. RK Bro, I think they called themselves. So I am Hey Joey, man. I'm sorry that you're not doing so good so far. I I was I was hoping we were doing tic tac toe holding, but it's okay. I'm sorry, dude. We're gonna bring no, you back. Good. Oh, we can bring you back for that too. I would love to do that. Right now, we are playing Mortal Kombat on Monday Night Raw. All right, where are we? Number right. three. Right. Michael, are you ready? Yep. Okay. Here's the quote. I really don't understand what happened. Instinct just took over. But I took the high road. I'm going to guess Monday Night Raw. And I'm going to guess... Uh, Randy Orton? No. You were correct on Monday Night Raw, but uh, you're not correct on the Superstar. That's exactly <clears throat> what I was thinking, too. Hey, so, like... That's like an Orton line. I was going to ask you if you wanted to guess who the Superstar was, Joey, but you already guessed Randy, and that was wrong. I was thinking Orton, yeah. Yeah, no, it was Charlotte. It was Charlotte Flair. All right. How are we doing on score so far? <laughs> no, we're not doing good at all. I mean, yeah, but, I mean, I think it's like three I'm to one. I'm going to end up with zero. If, well, I don't even have one. <laughs> no? Okay. So. I mean, we I might have to so. if we have to cheat, we'll get you on the board somehow. <laughs> Did I say that out loud? <clears throat> it's only cheating if you get caught. All right, here we go. Uh, I have risen from hell to kill you. I'm going to go, I'm, I want to say Vince McMahon, but I'm going to go with uh, Mortal Kombat Liu Kang. Well, you got the Mortal Kombat right. You're on the board with one point, oh my Joey. God, wow. Joey, Joey Image on the board, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, however, you were incorrect uh, about the person that said it, or the character. It was actually Hanzo Hisashi. Okay. Who later becomes Scorpion. Or Scor yeah. Scor Scorpio? Scorpion? Scorpion, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Here I am, like I said, I, I put a tweet out the other day. I, I was, I'm was i a big fan of board, both Mortal Kombat movies. And then, like, everyone was like, yeah, but there's, like, four of them. And then, anyways, whatever. I'm acting like I know all about Mortal Kombat, and apparently I don't know shit. So, all right. So, one point for Joey. Finally, I got at least one. I mean, it's better it's than right. shut out. Hey, man. Build some momentum here. All right, Michael. Here we go. 
Here's the quote. Combat takes intelligence, but you, you're like a dog, a dog who fails his training classes. Oh, man. Uh, I feel like that could be from Raw, and it could be MVP. Actually, <laughs> that's a really good guess. Yeah, that sounds like something he would say. I feel like it's raw. I just don't know for sure who said it. Okay, well, is that your is that your answer, raw? Yeah, yeah. Mm, no, you're incorrect. It was actually oh, Mortal really? Kombat. Yeah, it was actually Mortal Kombat. And Joey, um, your 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 answer for the last question, Liu Kang. Said Liu it. Kang. It was Liu Kang who said this. Actually, God damn. Yeah, I thought that was a trick question. The word "combat" in the in the quote yeah. made yeah. me think it was a trick. What had to be raw? Damn, I'm not sure if we do trick questions on uh, on our game shows. <laughs> I'll, I'll remember that now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Joey. Yeah. All right, here we go. Here's the quote. We've got flying tomatoes. This is going to get a 98 percent on the Rotten Tomato meter. We've got flying projectiles everywhere. What the fuck? <laughs> Monday Night Raw, uh, uh, Tom Phillips. <laughs> You're correct, Monday Night Raw. You're incorrect oh. on the person who said it. It was actually Adnan Burke. Adnan Burke, yeah. Yes. Oh, is that the new guy? I've, I yes. don't even know who he is. Yeah, the new guy. Okay. Yeah, the new guy said it. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, what... How are we wow. doing score wise? Like no, you got you got three point two or three points now. Two. Two? Okay. Yeah, we're tied. We're tied two apiece here. So I think that this should be the, the last round, however you want to decide it. All right. Okay. All right, here you go. Michael. Yep. Here's the quote. You see, you, you see that right here? Oh sorry. I read it wrong. Sorry, my bad. Totally my bad. You see that right there? All bark and no bite. That's what I'm talking about. I feel like this one is a Mortal Kombat quote. But again, I don't know who said it in Mortal Kombat. But I'm okay. going to say Mortal Kombat is my answer. Okay. Well, you would be wrong. And... Wait, since this is the last one, can I try to steal for the win since we're tied? Do you want to do that, Nick? Or does that not count because now I know it's not Mortal Kombat? Yeah, I feel that's fine. There's The rules are irrelevant here. So, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> so, I'm going to say Monday Night Raw MVP. No. Oh, uh, man. Okay, and we already got Monday Night Raw, so, like, you would have just got the point for the for – the, it wasn't MVP. It was Sheamus. Okay. Oh. If you said you it in an man. accent, we got it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know, as, as I was as I was reading these, as, as I'm reading them, like they seem like like oh, you, like you should get all these right, but like these aren't as easy as as they appear, right? Like right, like some of these are kind of hard. Huh. All right, all right, here we go, Joey. It's it's on you now, right? Yeah. <laughs> all right. Here's the quote. I also give really good foot massages. God. Was was Gene Snitsky on Raw? 
um, Jesus. As I'm long as it's my... not to Marcellus Wallace's wife. Yeah, that wouldn't end up well. Yeah. I'm gonna say Monday Night Raw, and uh, I, I have no idea who would have said that on Raw. It's probably okay. Weird, weirdly enough, it's from Mortal Kombat, and Kano said it. That's my favorite character, at least from the first game. You probably like it in this one too, or in this movie. Um, yeah, I gotta, I gotta watch it. Yeah. All right, so we're not done yet. We got one more. Um, uh, Michael. Here we go. Here's the quote. I don't know where you're from, but we have nothing in common. I feel like this is Raw, and that's Bobby Lashley. You're correct. It was Monday Night Raw, but you were wrong on the uh, bonus point. It was actually Randy Orton, and I'm assuming it was Uh, Randy Orton talking to Matt Riddle. Yeah, that would make sense. You're right And, you know, Joey, I I hate to say it, man, because like honestly, I was hoping you were hey, gonna win. I'm only down by I'm sorry, one. Michael. No, no, it's cool. It's cool. I'm only down by one point, man. That's fine to me. Yeah, I'll, so I, we'll bring I've, you back I've done on. the job many a time. It's okay. <laughs> we'll bring you back on, Joey. Absolutely, man. When we get um when we get um I mean for sure we get tic tac told again, but we'll bring you back on for sure anyways. Because you have such a sweet voice. I, I try. It's a golden voice you got there, Joey. It's made for radio. (laughs) Just like my face. Can I say real quick before you ask them both to plug their stuff, Sean? Yeah. Totally validated this game to me. That was, I don't think people could tell the difference between the dialogue (laughs) and either of these pieces of content. And I was with you. I was like, I'm going to write them down. Real obvious. And like... (laughs) The fact that the people don't know the difference really tickles me. So anyway, I'll let you shut this down. Yeah, man. I think yeah. almost all of the Mortal Kombat quotes sounded like something MVP would have said. <laughs> I'm not going to argue with that at all. <laughs> hey, Joey. Hey, hey tell yes, everybody sir. what you have going on right now, where to find you on social media, things um, like that. Uh, everything, Twitter, Twitch, uh, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, all at Joey Image TV. Um, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Joey Image and send me your hate mail, JoeyImage at gmail.com. <laughs> okay, Joey. Hey, we'll talk to you real soon, man. I appreciate yes, it, man. I Thank appreciate you, asking, man. This is awesome. Thank you so much, brother. Good to see you again. Thank you, bro. Hey, Michael, congratulations, man. Thanks, man. Thanks, Sean. Hey, so uh, tell everyone like what, like social media, anything you got yep. going on, you know, all uh, that stuff, real quick. You can, follow, you can follow me on Twitter at, uh, at WoodSaley93. And uh, you can follow me on Instagram, same handle, at WoodSaley93. At WoodSaley, and, and what? I'm really active on Twitter. I'm on Twitter. That's like my go-to for my social media. I'm really active on there. Thanks. Are you a troll? No. No. <laughs> Do you have any burner accounts that you troll people on? No. Because I've those, never those had one of those. Those ones are always so obvious because you can tell by the pictures, like the weird pictures they use. They always use. And then if you go look at who they follow, you can connect the people together, right? Yeah. So yeah, it's like really obvious. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. All right, Michael. Hey, congratulations, man! I appreciate you coming on and playing the game with us. Thanks very much, Sean. Thank you for being a patriarch. All right, that's it for this edition of Pro Wrestling for Life. Uh, I want to thank Sam Roberts for joining us to talk about the. Eddie Guerrero ladder match from 
very first sold out pay-per-view. Uh, I want to thank fellow WWE Hall of Famer, Molly Holly, for spending some time with us. And I'd like to thank Joey Image and Michael Cohen for coming on and playing Monday Night Raw or Mortal Kombat. Or was it the other way around? Mortal Kombat or Monday Night Raw? Either way, thank you guys for coming on and, and playing that. Nick, anything you want to uh, add before we go? No, man. I mean, not not really. I mean, at Pro Rest for Life, that's us over on social media. Um, and, of course, uh, that's where we're going to announce the next big guest there, Monday Before Raw. Uh, we got some big announcements coming up here in May. Uh, new content. We're going to be expanding now that we seem to have locked down what the weekly show looks like. We're all on the same page here. Uh, time for new stuff. So, honestly, if you guys have ideas for stuff you want to see, stuff you want us to be doing, anything like that, at Pro Rest for Life, tag us. Uh, we, we would love to hear your impact, uh, input. And, and to that end, uh, if you want to support the show, go over to our iTunes page, five-star ratings, nice comments, all of that stuff is really super helpful. It feeds the beast. It feeds the beast, and it keeps us alive on the charts, Sean. When people Yeah, see, like, I don't, I don't, I never realized just how important that was. And, and honestly, I don't think a lot of people listening uh, realize it either but like seriously if you guys could take take a minute or two to go in there and give us a five-star rating and leave us a, a positive comment i'd be very grateful it'll really help the show so thank Honestly, you five-star rating and a negative comment is fine too i don't think that the thing reads what it says so if you want to be like five stars i think these guys are both douchebags that's totally fine but analytics wise it will help us you know okay yeah just give us the five stars even if you want to talk shit all right. Thanks, uh, everybody. Yeah, that's it, everybody. Uh, I'm at Nick underscore Houseman over on Twitter, and, and that's all I got, Sean. All right. See you all next week. Bye.